Welcome to the Healthy Habits for Active Aging podcast with your hosts, physical therapists, Dr. Michael Gorman and Dr. Lauren Bennett. This podcast will discuss a variety of health-related topics focused on educating the aging adult, allowing for an active lifestyle no matter the age. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and share. Enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Healthy Habits for Active Aging podcast. We are your hosts, Dr. Michael Gorman and Dr. Lauren Bennett, coming to you from St. Louis, Missouri. We are here today to take the last topic we discussed just a little bit further. In our previous episode, we discussed safe and effective exercise prescription for the healthy aging adult. We know that with aging adults, and if you recall back, maybe that was, I don't know, Dr. Ben, our first podcast or so, I am in the aging adult category, so this is great information for me. But today we're going to be discussing safe and normal responses to exercising with osteoarthritis. Some of you may know that is called OA, but we're going to say osteoarthritis. Now, let's just talk a little bit before we go further. When you have osteoarthritis, it doesn't mean that you're not healthy. And please understand that as all of us age, I would say it's probably, and Dr. Bennett can chime in, but it's probably impossible to avoid having arthritis somewhere in our bodies. I would say that's pretty accurate. It doesn't mean if you have osteoarthritis that you're not healthy. So let's just get that myth out of there. But we did want a separate podcast topic to really talk about the special needs that you'll have when you exercise with arthritis. I think we need to really talk more about what arthritis is. You know, arthritis is honestly normal wear and tear of a joint. But did you know there's many types of arthritis and the five most common types of arthritis, first of all, as we've already said, osteoarthritis, there's rheumatoid arthritis, which is commonly known as RA, psoriatic arthritis. Um, let's see if Dr. Bennett watches golf at all or golf commercials. Do you know what famous pro golfer has psoriatic arthritis? I don't know. No, she. <laughs> I stumped her. Uh, that would be Phil Mickelson. Oh, okay. And so there's many commercials about him. Although he's had a rough year, those of you that follow golf, he's had a pretty rough year. So not as many commercials about Phil as there used to be. Anyway, so that's our third type. Fourth type would be gout, and the fifth type would be lupus. So those are the five most common types of arthritis. But today we're going to specifically be talking about osteoarthritis, because those are the patients for the most part that a physical therapist will typically treat. Yes, we'll definitely see people that have rheumatoid arthritis, but we treat a lot of people with osteoarthritis. Let's define it. It's essentially inflammation of a joint. We're in terms of cartilage. Cartilage is just the shock absorbers in our joints. And as all of us age, oftentimes the cartilage will start to wear away in our weight-bearing joints. Very, very normal. That's not abnormal. But when we get inflammation of the joints, that can lead to stiffness, swelling, pain. And when you get those things, you're also going to have all of a sudden you're not going to be able to physically function quite as well. So Dr. Gorman, do you know which joints are more commonly affected by this OA? Well, that is a very good question. And thank goodness my 85 million years of school taught me something, uh, <laughs> but it's wear and tear cartilage most commonly 
and the weight-bearing joints. So we're talking hips, spine, knees, also in our hands as well. So what accelerates this arthritis? There's several things. One, we must always be aware that genetics play a big part in this. So good or bad, we are who our parents are. So if your parents have arthritic issues, there's a chance that you're going to have that as well. But what can affect it? We're talking about injury to a joint. Because when you have injury to a joint, all of a sudden that joint stops moving the way it should or the movement changes. And so it causes different stress to the cartilage of the joint. Also, for sure, one thing we see is obesity, especially for weight-bearing joints. I tell people all the time that extra weight that we have on our body is just like carrying an extra sack of potatoes around all day long. And unfortunately, that does start to break down the cartilage more. When we do repetitive movements, you know, our bodies love movement, but too much movement of the same type in the same direction is a problem. We must never, and this kind of ties into the obesity issue, although not always, but our diet's a big part of any type of arthritis because sugar, taking in sugar, we know increases inflammation. Hmm, diabetes, inflammation, those are great topics for a future podcast episode. You know, especially when we're talking about knee and hip osteoarthritis, well, this is going to have a huge impact in our life. Our walking is going to be affected, and not just walking, but going up and down stairs, squatting down to pick something up off the floor, getting in and out of a car, all these daily things that when we have osteoarthritis, especially in the knee and the hip, all this is greatly affected. Dr. Kerman, I recently found the statistics too that when you walk, your knees support one and a half times your body weight. And then taking it a step further, climbing stairs, that increases to three to four times your body weight. And squatting is eight times your body weight. So you really have to think about your weight-bearing joints, especially your knees. I think I hear most people complain about their knees getting achy. I mean, they're just overused and you want to keep them healthy as long as possible. So one of the best thing you can do there is just weight management. If that many times your body weight for squatting and stairs, think about how many times you do that a day. When we talk about squatting, not to get too far off topic here, but the majority of people unfortunately squat with poor form, squat incorrectly. Instead of using the strong muscles of their legs because of the pain, all of a sudden they start to get altered movement patterns. So that's a big part of it as well. Okay, we're going to talk numbers now. I love numbers. And so Dr. Bennett has got some great numbers here that she's going to talk about. 350 million people worldwide have some type of arthritis. So that is about one in five adults struggle with some form of arthritis. It is the leading cause of disability among Americans older than age 15 and second most prevalent reason for work disability. It's a major healthcare cost. The economic cost of arthritis annually is $128 billion. Wow. Did you ever wonder, how do they figure that out? <laughs> I'm not exactly <laughs> sure, but I'm sure a lot of that comes from our overpriced healthcare system, medicine. Yes. I hear that $128 billion. I wonder who is figuring that out, but still, it's a huge cost. It's a huge cost. So we would just like to talk a little bit, not just throwing numbers at you today, but 
We'll talk a little bit about how to prevent it, how to manage it, how to exercise safely with osteoarthritis so that way you're not having these flare-ups, not having to resort to medication, and just staying overall active, actively healthy. I'll discuss a little bit further some common symptoms. Maybe you're thinking to yourself, okay, if one in five adults have it, do I have it? You know, I'm moving a little bit slower. I have some aches and pains in the morning. What would tell me that I have OA? So obviously you would need to speak to your healthcare provider about this, but there are some things out there that Dr. Gorman and I want to discuss today that if you say, yes, I have that, or I have experienced that, it would definitely be worth considering talking to your primary care physician about. So stiffness in the first hour of getting out of bed in the morning. Also stiffness after sitting for greater than an hour. So it's these periods of immobility. After the immobility, you're going to feel really stiff, possibly painful to get up and moving again. So those are your joints that are becoming stiff. And then once you start moving around, getting the blood flow going, lubricating those joints, it gets a little easier. That's probably the most common thing I hear from patients, especially with low back pain in the morning is first hour out of bed is horrible. It's hard to stand up straight. Once I get moving a little bit, it gets better. So I do agree with that. Yes, I agree. And I think you brought up a very important topic here. A very important point is that you said the word lubrication. And lubrication with cartilage is super important because some people may not know this, but cartilage does not have a blood supply to it. There's no blood flow going to cartilage. So in order for cartilage to be happy and healthy, you need to move that body, you need to move that joint in order to help the cartilage to stay lubricated. That's super important. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, joints get their nutrition through movement. So that's a great take-home message from today. I would say that one of the things that I love to say to patients is movement is medicine. And that's truly what we're talking about here. Just keep moving. You don't want to overdo it. And that's what today's podcast we're going to talk about. How do you know if you're overdoing it and what is safe and effective exercise? So keep listening. But I do want to share with you a little story. Sometimes Dr. Gorman, he's probably heard it as well with patients, but not only patients, but family and friends. Sometimes you just hear somebody say, oh, I'm going to let it rest. It hurts. I'm going to let it rest. Well, how long have you been letting it rest for? Oh, three months, six months. Okay. That's too long. If something is still bothering you after, you know, a week, seven to 10 days, I'm kind of looking into it a little bit more. I'm not just letting it rest. And The longer we truly just let it rest, the weaker you get, the more muscle atrophy you get, the less stable your joints are, the more overstressed your joint becomes. If you start losing those muscles in your knees, but we're still squatting and we're still going up and down stairs because we have to, you don't have the strength and stability to do so. Now the stress, especially behind the kneecap, is just overstressing the knee joint and that leads to more pain. And then also what happens if you have weakness in the hips And then you try to squat. If you have weakness in the hips and osteoarthritis in the knees that are causing pain, you're going down a bad path because you're going to squat, but Lord knows how that's going to happen. I think you bring up a good point. As we're talking about pain, that's really what we're dealing with. Obviously, people don't seek out our services unless they're having some type of pain that's interfering with their daily function. If you have pain, as Dr. Bennett said, more than a week, you need to get that checked out. You need to either contact a physical therapist or primary care physician, whoever. But 
it's normal to be, you know, after you work out, it's not uncommon to be sore for a day or two, but do you have pain that's there for a week? Guess what, guys? It's not going away. It may quiet down some, but if you have pain that lasts that long, please don't just live with it. Get help. That's a good point. I would also like to say as well that say you never knew you had arthritis, you never had pain. One day you bumped your knee, take a fall, and now all of a sudden you have knee pain. It tends to linger around for a little while. Okay, now you go, you seek a doctor, they do an x-ray and they say, oh, Dr. Gorman, you're bone on bone. Okay, well, you're like, well, I wasn't bone on bone last week. Well, chances are you were, but it wasn't inflamed. It wasn't bothering you. Oh, that's such a good point. That's such a good point because don't let the x-ray dictate the way you think. Because like Dr. Bennett just said, if you go in for an x-ray tomorrow and you are bone on bone or near bone on bone, and you've only had pain for a week, well, there's a pretty good chance that the pain you're having is not coming from the fact that you have osteoarthritis because guess what? You've had osteoarthritis for quite a while. And you just didn't know it. Absolutely. So please, just because you go in and get an x-ray tomorrow and show you're almost bone on bone, if you've only had pain for a short period of time, you know, your function is not significantly limited, don't jump into getting a total knee. You may have to someday, but just don't jump into it because... Don't let the x-rays fool you. Let a physical therapist help you properly do the right exercises to get you where you need to be. So a little disclaimer there, but that's one of my pet peeves probably when patients come in like a totally basket case. My x-ray is this, I have to throw in the towel. No, that's definitely not always the case. However, I think it is good though to get an x-ray to kind of a baseline for where things are at. It's tough whether we're treating lower back pain or whether we're treating a knee, it's Not that the x-ray dictates our treatment, but it's nice to know what the general structure of that joint is. Absolutely. Our next point here is that according to the Johns Hopkins Arthritis Center here, we say that physical activity is essential for optimizing both physical and mental health and can play a vital role in the management of arthritis. Kind of piggybacking off our last podcast, but this one kind of throws a little bit about the point of arthritis that physical activity is still encouraged to optimize physical and mental health. So it's definitely encouraged. Regular physical activity leads to strong muscles, a decrease in bone loss, and can control the joint swelling and pain. So another supporter of not just letting it rest. It can be proven that exercise can enhance energy and stamina by decreasing fatigue and improving sleep. I want to just talk about the importance of sleep. Whether you need six hours, seven hours, eight hours, who knows? I think that's a totally individual thing. Personally, I get about six hours of sleep and I'm just fine. You know, I've heard that Dr. Bennett needs about 12 hours of sleep, um, but, <laughs> I wish I could you know, um, that's really on her. But it's about quality of sleep. And I'm not to go too off the side because we've got a lot more we have to talk about. But if you don't get good quality of sleep, One thing I can recommend, this is my own personal experience, is get a sleep study. Get a sleep study done and see if you might have something called sleep apnea. Because my own personal story, just to be totally transparent, in 2019, I was very fatigued. I'd get my six hours of sleep. I would wake up very fatigued. So I had a sleep study done. And sure enough, I had moderate sleep apnea. And I started using CPAP. And it's been a world changer for me. So quality of sleep, super important. Definitely. 
So some other benefits of exercising with OA is to increase blood flow. As we said, improve the strength of a joint, the balance of a joint as well to improve the stability, which will essentially reduce the load of joints. Like we already said, improve sleep, decrease stiffness, and just improve your overall sense of well-being, most importantly. Another perk, which we all, most not all of us, but most of us, myself included, weight loss, reducing that joint loading we were talking about. Aerobic fitness can increase our endorphin levels, make us just feel good overall. And then muscle activity does truly reduce pain. So that's just something we want to get through to everybody today to definitely seek out somebody to help you with the exercise if you're experiencing this. It is possible to exercise safely with OA and get better. So let's take a little short break here and we'll come back. Dr. Borman's going to go over the exercise prescription for the ACSM guidelines for exercising with OA. Stay tuned. PT is proud to be the sponsor for the Healthy Habits for Active Aging podcast. PT is a mobile physical therapy company based out of St. Louis, Missouri and expanding throughout the United States. We bring a unique one-on-one physical therapy experience to the privacy, safety, and convenience of our patient's home, office setting, or the location of their choice. For more information about PT, please go to www.imovephysicaltherapy.com or feel free to email us at info at imovephysicaltherapy.com. Have a great day. All right. Welcome back, everyone. We're going to now talk about exercise prescription. If you recall, we get our guidelines from the ACSM, which is the American College of Sports Medicine. And before we talk about exercising, I just want to say it's so important, guys, to find an exercise that you like. If we think swimming is great for someone with osteoarthritis because it's, you know, unloading of the joints, if you do not like swimming or you don't like getting in water, then don't do it. Again, the title for our podcast is Healthy Habits. So we have to develop habits. If you don't like doing a certain kind of exercise and we tell you to do it, guess what? It's not going to last very long. So that's super important to keep in mind. So as we've talked about first, we want to make sure that when we do start an exercise program, yeah, we want to make sure that you consult with your physician first, but we want to make sure that you begin slowly. Rome was not built in a day. A marathon runner does not wake up one morning and say, I'm going to go from being on the couch to running 26 miles. We have to do it slowly and progress gradually with our exercise intensity, not only how intensely, but for how long. We want to avoid rapid or repetitive movement of an affected joint. So the joint that has osteoarthritis is simply not as stable of a joint as a good, healthy joint with good full cartilage. So with that type of joint, it doesn't always respond well to quick, rapid movement. So please be careful with that. When we talk about walking, yeah, I do think that walking is a great form of exercise. However, Super important to get the proper footwear. It is so important. And I know, I know it's easy to go to maybe buy a pair of shoes online or go somewhere that may be less expensive or go to Walmart. Nothing against Walmart. Please, Walmart, I'm giving you some free advertising. Don't come back on me. But we want you guys to get the highest level quality shoes. And, and yeah, it's not cheap. It's not cheap. I, Last week or two weeks ago, I got a new pair of shoes. 
I got some Hocus free advertising for Hocus. I'm going to stop this free advertising stuff. What's, <laughs> what's this free advertising stuff right. all about anyway? And I spent around $170 on it, but I know that I'm going to be wearing these for six months to a year. So not to get too off track again, but you have to invest in a good pair of shoes and go to a running store where they can really analyze your foot. I would say definitely totally separate podcast, but we get into running. We'll talk about the mileage on these shoes, how long they will last. Another totally separate tidbit, but as we're talking about a walking program, make sure that you're switching up your terrain that you're walking on. Well, don't always take the same path because if you're always walking on the right side of the road or always walking on the left side of the road, just make sure you're switching it up so you avoid those overuse injuries, not always walking up the same incline or decline. So separate tidbit there, but I want to just talk about that when we're talking about the walking program. Absolutely. Now, what kind of exercises should you do? Well, we talk about getting in water, getting in a pool. That's good. We want you guys to do low impact exercise. Walking is great. There's a lot of different kind of exercises that we'll be talking about, but everyone says, oh, get in a pool. You'll be fine. Well, what do you do? If you're like <laughs> me. Uh, now I have heard that Dr. Bennett in her new house, she has a Olympic-sized saltwater pool in the backyard. So maybe you guys can go check that out. But most of us don't have that. So what should you do? Well, you need to seek out a specialist, a specialized physical therapist that deals with osteoarthritic joints to make sure that we get you on the right program. Because there's many different ways that you can exercise with decreased weight-bearing on the joints besides just getting in water. Okay, so what else does the American College of Sports Medicine recommend? Well, flexibility is a big thing, stretching the main muscle groups daily. Remember, when we stretch, we never want to go into pain. It's okay to feel a stretch, or you want you to feel stretched, but if you stretch too far and you start having pain, please do not push through that. Strength and resistance training aspect of it, a.k.a. our weights here, you want to keep it real light. You want to do about 10% of that one repetition max, which we recently defined, but real quickly, one RM is your rep max. Essentially, if you were to able to lift something one time, what's the heaviest you could do? So if you think about 10% of that, it's really not a lot. You're going to progress that 10% per week as tolerated to your main muscle groups. I um, mean, just two to three days a week of it, okay? Let those joints rest and do something else on the other days. You're going to do 10 to 15 reps. And again, it classifies on non-consecutive days. Your essential goal is about a 40 to 60% one RM. There's really no need to go above that. Light resistance training is key here with OA. So aerobic exercise, as we talked about earlier, low impact activities, water aerobics, cycling. Cycling's great. Again, just start slowly and build up to it. We're wanting to reach to the point where we can do 20 to 30 minutes daily or about 150 total minutes a week. Again, don't freak out over that. That is our goal. You got to progress slowly up to that. We want to work on balance, of course. All of us, all of us aging adults. I love saying that, all of us aging adults. I love being in that category. Aren't you jealous, Dr. Bennett, that you can't say that? I'm so jealous. Yeah, I know you are. I know you are. Anyway. That doesn't mean I don't do these type of things, though. <laughs> oh, anyway. So, you know, as all of us age look, as it's obvious, our coordination gets impaired. Whether you have osteoarthritis or not, our coordination is impaired. Our balance is impaired. So looking at doing Tai Chi, yoga, the ACSM says 10 to 30 minutes, two to three days a week. 
we want to talk about warm up and cool down. You never want to just go full bore into exercising. You always want to have at least maybe a five or 10 minute warm up to get the joints warmed up, get the blood flowing around that joint. And then cool down is super important. Just don't exercise for 20 minutes and all of a sudden just stop. You have to do a five or 10 minute cool down. Just get that blood flow going, going back up out of the legs, back to the heart. All right. A couple last things here. We want to go over some considerations If you are experiencing joint pain after exercise and it lasts for greater than two hours or it exceeds the level of pain you had before you started your exercise routine, then your duration of time that you did with exercise or your intensity of the exercise you did definitely needs to be reduced next session. That doesn't mean do it the next day. Give it a couple days. Go back at it. Just reduce the intensity and the duration of exercise. Two hours is the cutoff there. Some other tips, if you're experiencing the stiffness and pain with prolonged sitting, set a timer, get up and move around frequently throughout the day. One hour is what they say is what that stiffness really sets in. So really getting up every half an hour, every 45 minutes. If you're watching television, get up during commercials. It's just a really good habit to keep those joints loose and from stiffening up. Dr. Gorman, if you've been sedentary... And now you've been diagnosed with OA. Is it too late for me? Can I start exercise or do I just throw in the towel? Never give up. Never give up. Did you know who said that quote? Never give up. No. A great former basketball coach who unfortunately died from cancer, Jim Valvano, said a quote very similar to that. He's an awesome guy. But anyway, I got to get back on track here. What exactly were you asking me, Dr. Ben? I've been, I've been sedentary, asking for a friend, of course. <laughs> and I've been diagnosed with OA. Is it too late for me? No, it's not. The main thing is if you've been diagnosed with osteoarthritis, please seek out a specialist. Go to your physician first and, and be sure to go seek a physical therapist that deals with patients with osteoarthritis. That's super important. Yes, definitely. If I have an increase in pain, do I stop? So this is a common misperception with a lot of people, physical therapists, probably physicians included. Okay. Everybody needs to understand that when a joint hurts, a natural response is to let it rest. But look at the benefits of exercise we're discussing today. That's why it's so tedious to exercise with OA. You have to do it appropriately and in smart. You can't just jump in um, not knowing what you're doing or you're going to have a major flare-up and then you're going to reduce your compliance to exercise because you're going to be afraid that that happens again. Please understand it is possible to exercise safely with OA and to get better because overall we need to increase our strength and stability of the joints. Okay. Weight management, we already talked about that. We need to eat a diet rich in fruits and vegetables and plants. Antioxidants help reduce inflammation. Sugars, saturated fats, sodium, all increases our inflammation and swelling of joints. So tidbit there, we're going to get way more into nutrition on a separate podcast where we're going to interview someone, nutritionist or dietitian, so we can get their expertise because Dr. Gorman and I, at the end of the day, we are the movement and exercise prescription is our main forte. Okay, now it's time to recap. We had so much great information here. We always like to end up with a little recap. So a couple of things. First of all, movement is medicine. Don't forget that cartilage doesn't have a blood supply. So the cartilage in the joint stimulated and lubricated through movement. We need to promote exercise. Low impact and aerobic exercise is going to be best when you have osteoarthritis. Take frequent walks for short periods of time rather than one long walk. 
It is going to take time to build up your endurance to where you can take one long walk. But it's very helpful to take frequent walks for a shorter period of time because don't forget, because like to said, the cartilage doesn't have blood supply, it needs movement often. And I think last but not least, and hopefully you know everyone gets the point here when we talk about this, osteoarthritis is not a death sentence by any means. We just need to know how to deal with that, how to properly exercise to keep our body strong and flexible while we keep the inflammation quiet. And that's really the most important thing. We just want to thank you all for joining us today on another episode of Healthy Habits for Active Aging. We hope you've learned something new for yourself, a family member or friend. Please, if you have questions, comments, if you have ideas for future episodes, please email us at info at imovephysicaltherapy.com. Please tune in next week. We have our next topic is muscle soreness, delayed onset muscle soreness. We'll talk quite a bit about that, why it happens and how you can prevent it. So we hope everyone has a great day. And Dr. Ben and I, thanks for checking in. Absolutely. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Healthy Habits for Active Aging podcast. If you have any questions for Dr. Gorman or Dr. Bennett, please send an email to info at imovephysicaltherapy.com. To learn more about healthy aging, visit our website at imovephysicaltherapy.com. Like what you hear? Be sure to rate and subscribe. See you next week.